All right, we are on the eve of Christmas, which means we're on the eve of the Nets playing on Christmas. Couldn't be any more excited for a holiday game. Buddy, hit us with today's beats. Yeah, we're going to dive in, obviously, on that game action for the Brooklyn Nets. Christmas Day, friends. But before we get to that, there's the, the big piece around James Harden and what's going on in Houston. Maybe that's the best move that we we chose not to make ahead of this important season for us in the Brooklyn Nets. And, and then there's, there's other angles here. The Christmas Day matchup is with the Boston Celtics. They flashed a little new look on Wednesday night. Is that something we're worried about? Doug has the angles on that. And trying to figure out how, how we flesh out some of the best matchups possible. And then Doug's got a Christmas quandary. Oh, it's a big one. You're going to want to stick around because I need, I wouldn't mind an answer from the fan base as well. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Over there is Adam Armbrecht. You know him if you're on SportsCast or watching the Nets games where he's doing the play-by-play, covering the NFL and NBA as well on that platform. And I'm Doug Norrie here for all of your NBA needs, whether it be DFS or betting over on DFSR.com. Buddy, how are we doing today? Doing fantastic, man. We're, we're obviously approaching game number two of the Kevin Durant era in Brooklyn. But one of the things, as, as Christmas looms here, that I'm happy. Normally you want to see those presents underneath the tree all, all tied up with pretty little bows. I'm glad that when I open up my Brooklyn Nets presents, one of them has not been, and it does not look like it's going to be, one James Harden from Houston. Oh, that was going to be your Christmas present here. That was what you're hoping was you were going to find hung with by your stocking with care. That was the <laughs> well, 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 well. Here's what I'll tell you because I, I don't want to say like again the idea of being like bullish on a statement because I probably should have been more forceful around my sentiment that I didn't think. Now I thought purely from a player standpoint that. I was on the edge of, I know it's better if you can get a player of that talent and add him in with KD and Kyrie, but I also like all the guys on the roster, and I think you're better off seeing how things play out here as the season starts to get underway, but there was this piece of it, like the more information and news that was coming out on James Harden, especially with his time in Houston, was the like, okay, this is a me first in the gimme gimme's kind of guy, and everything that he's doing is just sending up red, red flags left, right, and center that you wouldn't want this guy mixing it up in what we thought could have been a delicately balanced locker room. Yeah, and so what we're kind of referring to here is if you're not following it on a kind of night-to-night basis that the um, OKC-Houston game was canceled to, or excuse me, postponed tonight because of COVID issues. And now some of it was not Harden-related. Some of it was um, that uh, they had a couple players test positive and then they had contact tracing and they couldn't get enough tests in, I think. Uh, within the time limit, and then uh, excuse me, Houston was left with fewer than eight players, and you need to have eight players to be able to play the game. So there, so that's one issue. And the, but then the second issue that you're probably more referring to is that there were some social media pictures that came out with Harden uh, having saying that he was in uh, you know possibly a, a gentleman's club, if you will. Um, uh. And that w- now the timing on that, I'm not sure if that ever got ironed out. Uh, about when it was and he claims that he thought he was still within um, he thought he was still within or not violating league rules I I will say though even you can't look past this thing and people are just free to do what they want but the whole I agree with you in that the whole um, sort of idea around what's happening here in Houston it's 
if nothing else, it's, it has to have. Well, I'll say one thing: you probably can get them cheaper now. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. There's, there's a bargain to be had for somebody out there for sure with the way it's gone. And that's the other piece of it too: is for listen, whatever his explanation may be, but the 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 irony of that all James Harden is doing, all that all that uh, gentleman Jim, as we're affectionately referring to him now on the podcast, all he's doing is damaging the ability of Houston to be able to get him off the team to somewhere else, like. Everybody knows when you're disgruntled, you voice your opinion, you say you want out, and then you just button up, you do your thing, you show that you're a great player, and someone comes and gets you. Instead, James Harden is kind of like, maybe that's not what I'm about. Like, maybe I just kind of want to tell people what a disaster I could be if you come and get me. And again, for Brooklyn, let alone for any of these other teams, maybe you're right. Like, I wonder, I'd be very curious if he does end up getting traded, what the actual price tag becomes, because there has to be some level of risk that these other organizations are fearing about bringing him in. There has to be, right? This is this this has been as bad as humanly possible. And the funny thing is, too, Houston has every incentive to spin this all the right way because you don't want this stuff to happen. Right. Like so it's not even like it's not even like Houston would ever try to you know, sabotage the situation by, you know, leaking, you know, bad reports. You know, sometimes this happens. This happens tends to happen more when guys leave town, you all of a sudden start hearing uh, he was bad in the locker room, and we didn't want <laughs> yeah. him here, and it kind of just comes out because it's all media spin, and and a lot of times executives use the media and writers as their advertisers, or their you know they they use them as their actually their PR arm mm-hmm. <laughs> more than anything right. else. Like it's, <laughs> it's like very carefully crafted statements, but so it's like Houston they they have no incentive that they have every incentive to build this guy up to be every bit of the superstar, which he look on a bas- on the basketball court he probably still he definitely still is. I don't think. I don't think this has taken down his actual basketball stock all that much, even if he did look like he had packed on a few pounds. He, he's been notorious for sort of playing his way into shape as the season goes on. So I, I actually didn't even worry too much about that part of it, um, especially coming off the short season and whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, because because this is just kind of what he's done. He's just comes in a little out of shape and as, over the course of the season gets himself in the shape. And then that's kind of what happens. But all the other stuff. Yeah, I, I know, and, and it's funny too. With the, I know it's only one game. We're going to get into the Christmas stuff here in a little bit, but uh, the the fact that the the Nets have come out and looked so cohesive and good and together yeah. and just kind of bought in, it does. Again, one game, go through a three game losing stretch and let's see kind of what happens. So that's you know everyone's everyone's friends when you're winning. Um, it's when it's when you're losing that you get you know you wonder <laughs> if the you know if, if that's when the kind of the rubber hits the road. But I will say, just from everything you've seen and heard from this team disrupting it early basketball wise you would be better i don't think it's hard to argue with that part of it but yeah just from a overall i mean yeah right like nets talked about culture 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 i'm not sure this i'm not sure this plays in here Right. No, for sure. And we we had done, uh, you know, internally, the Locked On uh, Network does some, they throw out some polls and conversations or MVP votes and that kind of stuff. And we exchange it and then it gets out there on social media. They had said about, you know, it's like, where does James Harden end up, uh, you know, by the end of the season? And you know, Houston, Brooklyn's in that mix there as well. There was one vote cast for Charlotte Hornets. And that was by yours truly, because this to me is the a, a team in a bit of desperation. And then Houston gets to say like, all right, your problem <laughs> that we that we can't sweep under the rug we're just going to cast you off somewhere and I think that that again this is the other piece of it with the way that this is coming out is that Harden you're probably pushing yourself further and further closer and closer to ending up in a place you don't want to be as opposed to one of your ideal destinations because any of these teams like the the 76ers even if they think that there's more talent and you know to bring in and it's a better move and it's going to be good 
they've had enough of their own issues as well. Like all these teams that have deep playoff aspirations, they're not trying to rock the boat. They're trying to make the boat more steady. And that's not what you look like. You look like a guy that's chucking boulders off the side and making waves. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, like I said, I think, I think it still doesn't impact whether or not he gets traded. I think he still will be traded. Maybe this is just speeds up the process, right? Maybe they're just like, mm-hmm. look, we need to be done with this. This is crazy. Like this, the, the PR stuff on this is horrible. Um, we just can't really rewrite this. And, it's just going to be an absolute and utter distraction for the entire season. And so maybe that does just speed up the timeline while driving down the package. But they are kind of in a, this weird devil's bargain now because you can't, for your fan base, it looks it looks horrendous to take anything less than the Drew Holiday trade at this yeah. point. And I just don't know how close you get to it. Now look, and a lot of NBA executives, I will say, these guys are ruthless. I, I actually don't think from a... There's, there's some chance that the NBA executive guys, especially in some of these other teams, look and say, look, this is still James Harden. Like, yes, is this a mess? Sure. Can, is our culture here better and we can turn it around? Sure. You know what mm. I mean? I think, there's, I think you can probably talk yourself pretty easily into it. But you have to agree, uh, no matter what, that the short-term, the short-term look, I, I agree with you. I'm glad that this stuff is not going on in Nets country because – what we've got here it seems pretty good. Uh, we're going to break down what's going to happen here, what we think is going to happen on this Christmas Day game. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online AG. Look, this is a fantastic time of year. We got football seemingly happening every single day of the week, college football mm-hmm. heading into bowl season, already kind of in bowl season. And of course, NBA in full sprint action here. Great set of games on Wednesday. Going to take Thursday off, but then Christmas Day. You know it's going to be locked and loaded. If you are looking to find the number one place that we trust and the one the number one place that has you covered, that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. This has got the NFL games of the week. Like I said, college football top games. I'm going to throw one out here for you right now. Brooklyn Nets minus two Christmas Day against the Boston Celtics. This number's been moving around a little bit. I think it was at minus one and a half uh, for the Nets. Now it's up to minus two. Still love that number, especially after what we've seen. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so before we dive in on the Boston Celtics matchup and some interesting wrinkles that that I know you came across, Doug, got to remind the people about Locked On Bets. The holidays are about giving, so I'm going to give you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcasts. And in the meantime, though, Doug, there's a wrinkle, I guess, potentially. We know that we saw the Boston Celtics there in that preseason game, uh, and we felt pretty confident about what we put on display. And now, though, there's a potential maybe that they could be having uh, some different looking lineups and maybe something that could pose difficulty for the Nets from a, uh, we'll say, well, the size piece, I think, is the obvious. Yeah, so the Celtics came out and it got Tristan Thompson back. So Okay, so obviously the the Nets played the Celtics um, a few days ago in their final preseason game. 
and basically dumpstered them. Uh, there was, uh, it wasn't close. And now, we, we said at the time that that was not a full-strength Celtics lineup. They were without Kemba Walker. That is still going to be the case for this Christmas Day game. Kemba Walker, I don't know if he even has a timetable to return right now. It's a little troubling when it's around a knee, a knee issue. Yeah. They keep saying they're not, they're not rushing him back, but that means that we don't know when he's going to come back. There's, a, there's two ways to read lines like that. It's like, we're not going to rush you. It's like, eh, because we just don't really know. Because um, <laughs> we don't anticipate you coming back. So they started Javante Green at, at point guard. He did not last long, and they kind of went with smaller lineups. It ended up really not mattering because the Nets were just absolutely killed. Killing them. So for the net for the Bucks game, uh, for the Celtics game that where they played the Bucks and Giannis uh, on Wednesday, they actually ran a, a double big lineup to start of Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tice. I find this interesting because on the one hand, I'm not positive this will be the lineup that they play against the Nets because I don't actually know what you do about Kevin Durant in this situation. <laughs> like if you cut or if you try to like. You know, you stick Tatum on them, but then you're so ultra big in a way that really is weird. Like the Nets could probably outspace them in a way that would probably be really problematic. And I'm actually not sure the Tice Thompson combination causes them that them being the Nets all that many defensive problems either. Like I think I, I get the sense that this is a very Giannis specific matchup that they mm-hmm. said. You know, it's good to have two because it's weird with Giannis because you don't think of him like this, but he does get guarded by the biggest sort of like power forwardy type that another team has, you know, like, you know, Serge Ibaka would give him problems when he would play. Uh, it's actually the reason, it's actually the reason that Giannis has actually destroyed the Celtics in the past because they don't, they never, they didn't have this guy, right? right. <laughs> like they didn't, they didn't have sort of a rangier big that you could throw in front of him as a speed, uh, you know, as a speed bump and then hope that you can kind of stop some of his momentum downhill. I know I'm talking about the Nets here in a second, but I don't think that same strategy works. So I will be interested to see what the Celtics do here on the defensive end. I, I you know, I'm, maybe it's apropos of nothing. Maybe it's just, you know, we, this is a one, a one-time lineup that Brad Stevens is throwing out. But I, it, it would, I would, by the way, I would absolutely love it if they started the starting lineup. I think the Nets well, crush. I, I think the Nets destroyed gonna... this lineup. Like I, I think that they, it does not offer the benefit. The juice isn't worth the squeeze if you're trying to run this out as your every game lineup. I, I my hunch is that this is a Giannis specific thing, and then we'll see. And if this is the starting lineup, I'm taking this to like Nets minus five on Bet Online DDG. Like I'm being serious. I, there's. They can outrun them and outspace them in this, and maybe I'm maybe there's something I'm missing, but I don't I don't think so. No, but that's when you when you said about that idea of like well, and then you just mentioned right there though out outpace them right, so get out on the break. Like I'm gonna love having Thompson and Tice on the court off of a, a defensive rebound, and you want to get out on a fast break. Gonna like my chances there. And then even when you talk about it, it's you know. You, okay, put Tatum on, on Kevin Durant, fine. But every other matchup there around the floor, you know, it's hard to really look at DeAndre Jordan and say, hey, this is a positive matchup for us. But just in terms of the perimeter shooting, and then as you work through that rotation, you're going to end up with some pretty, I don't want to say easy, but pretty easy access into the lane. And if you're, if you're Kyrie Irving or if you're Spencer Dinwiddie, if you're, even if you're Karis LeVert when those lineups overlap, if you can take your guy off the dribble, it feels like you're going to be able to work into the paint with ease, either get directly to the rim or create space for yourself for a mid-range shot because neither one of these bigs is capable of, with consistency, switching and mitigating what's going to happen in behind uh, you know, in behind Kevin Durant if that's your number one thing that you want to take off the court for them. It just seems like this would be slowing down 
your team defensively against the team that is going to push the pace and use their speed and quickness against you. So I, I, and I already felt pretty good about it. And I know when you say that it's at, you know, two point minus two for Brooklyn right now, all the way down to minus five is a significant dip to still be pretty confident that this isn't going to be the answer. But I also think that Boston doesn't have a lot of answers right now. Like they're in a weird spot when you lose Gordon Hayward, like they did uh, to the Charlotte Hornets. You can say, okay, now it's time for Jalen Brown to step up and take on a bigger scoring role, but they've lost a significant piece, and you're dealing with the Walker injury. Now you're moving smart into the starting rotation. They have a lot of questions to sort out here early on in the season, and and it makes it feel like for the Nets, again, that first game sample size, it just feels like offensively we've got more than enough to be able to handle teams that are still trying to sort something out for themselves as we record this boston is hanging in milwaukee it's close it's going into halftime the game's close so we don't know the final score here i i I, um and one game look one game never makes a season this is why i'm not making too much of that preseason game it's a preseason game i I, you know i think the boston put their best foot forward to start Uh, it didn't work out Uh, basketball is a long season you tend to have you know, some weirdness, especially in these early things. And you can just have games that where, you know, teams take off. So I, I never try to, you no, no one should ever make too much of one game and especially not make too much of one preseason game that the Nets carried it over into the opening, uh, you know, the game that actually counted was a really welcome sign. So the first thing I'm going to be looking for, like I said, is what that Boston starting lineup is. If they end up maybe going like a Grant Williams, going a little big at the four, you know, or maybe a little more, excuse me, more athletic at the four. And then, you know, depend. I don't think it, for DeAndre's, you know, purposes. I don't actually think it matters. <laughs> how are you? They, how are you preparing for DeAndre? I, I don't think it matters if they start Tyser. I mean, it probably no, matters. I, I think you'd probably rather it be Thompson, just because Tyser at least can step out beyond the arc, and DeAndre is allergic to stuff that happens out there. So I think right. from from that standpoint, I'd probably rather it be Thompson. From that standpoint, it's also probably Tyser. So my guess is they start something like Grant Williams at the four. Uh, I'm just guessing that, and then um, and then Tyson. I don't think they're going to do that double big. But let's let, Nets fans hear me now. If and that's not saying you have to put a bet in or anything, but I'm saying if you are sitting there on Christmas Day and it's getting toward five o'clock Eastern and your presents have been unwrapped and um, you know all that stuff, and then you see Tristan Thompson and Daniel Tyser in the starting lineup, uh, I think we can be prepared for it to be a field day. I already, I already screamed it to uh, Andy Makowitz when we recorded, you know, for the Giants this morning. I was, just, I was like, I was like, Doug, Doug took one look at that line. It was at the time one and a half. I was like, because you want to get something in. That's the answer for you, Christmas Day. Don't look back on it. And Andy is a guy that likes to throw a few shekels down. So, yeah, for sure. The other, the other piece for me, though, I guess, looking ahead to this game is when you talk about smart, you know, being in that starting rotation, what do you anticipate? Because Spencer Dinwiddie had a relatively, you know, relatively quiet first game there. And it's easy for him to, I think, get lost in the offensive shuffle as far as the weight that he needs to carry. It's not a, it's not a heavy load. But does he become a little bit more important early on here if Marcus Smart is going to be, do you see him being stuck like glue against Kyrie Irving and seeing how that play, that matchup plays out early on? And then by default, the better matchup is going to be there for Dinwiddie as, I mean, I'm not going to call him the second option, but KD's doing his thing. Do you then look to Dinwiddie to get some easier opportunities early? Or is this because Kyrie is Kyrie? You just say, yeah, Marcus Smart, do your best and, and let's see how this goes. Yeah, Jalen Brown's no slouch. These are the they, right. the wing the wing defense for the Celtics is good. This is why they're a good team. These three guys are really good defenders. Let me get in. We'll get into that in a second. Um, because I have some more thoughts, and I actually have a question for you after this about um, I got I have a problem here on Christmas Day, and I need you to I'm gonna need your advice because um, it's not here we go. A, it's yeah yeah. Um, I, by the way, <laughs> I, I have I have not thrown this at Adam yet, so um, 
I, I'm going to throw him at this and get, get his real-time uh, opinion on a problem that I have. Uh, we'll talk about that right after this. All right, before we get to what is the Doug Nori quandary for me, got to remind you, friends, about Locked On Women's Basketball because it is the only daily podcast covering the world of women's hoops. Join an all-star cast of hosts each day of the week for a comprehensive look at the worlds of the WNBA, women's college basketball, and international competition that you simply won't find anywhere else. Subscribe to Locked On Women's Basketball on your favorite podcast provider. Hit me with it, Dougster. Let me give you my sage-like advice. I'll do it one second. I do want to finish up this wing ah, real okay. quick. The one, yeah, sorry, sorry to bury the bury the lead here, but we'll we'll, we'll go out on the we'll go out on the problem because we'll we'll come to a solution about what I can do. <laughs> so, um, what makes the Celtics team so good, even if they are missing a guy like Walker, for actually for this purpose, it actually in some ways makes them probably a little better because Walker is just not a very good defender, and he was really uh, sort of picked off during the playoffs. Um, especially on like switches and stuff is that those three guys can guard a bunch of different positions and it, it can kind of go as an afterthought when it comes to the defensive acumen of this team. But these guys are three really good defenders. And especially if you have two guys that can pick up in transition, at least that is a really good spot to be because Smart's an amazing defender, transition defender. Jalen Brown is a is a very good transition defender. Tatum's just actually getting to better, be a better on ball defender. He's not going to guard the guards, but he's, at least suitable. Didn't look very good in the in the preseason game, but the uh, in general, I think you, you really like what you see there. So, uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, uh, you have to be a little concerned, especially because Stevens. I think the Nets were probably smart to have not shown anything, but remember, they weren't really like running tons of like offense and stuff. You give these guys a game or two of tape, and they can start figuring stuff out pretty quick, right? right. So, um, I think you're going to see a much better effort, and it's going to stem from I think that you're going to see. You're going to see more of a commitment on the defensive end from those guys. Okay, here's my problem. It's Christmas Day. We're going and visit a small group with my family, uh, you know, just, you know, my sister's family and my dad, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting his, at his house. I get an t- email the other day from my cousin, Tyler. <laughs> uh, shout out Tyler Gross. I, he might listen. He's a huge Wizards fan, but uh, there's a chance that he's listening right now. So if you're listening, Tyler, just stop here because it'll bury the lead. T-Bone. Get an email from him the other day. He has been, he's been engaged to be married. Uh, for like a year or something now, and they kept having to push the wedding back because of you know COVID stuff, and you can't get anyone together, and uh, yada yada yada. That's just kind of the that's the way things are going right now. Get an email from him the other day that says group group email. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm cc'd on there <laughs> for everyone Bunch to hear. CC'd. <laughs> What's that for everyone to hear? Everyone's involved here. It's an open well, everyone's conversation. Se- well, well, it's great. It's, it's not. And by the way, not a BCC. So now we don't know who's on there. I know exactly uh... who's on this email, and it turns out. That he and his fiance Jeanette have planned a wedding. Do you want to guess when the online wedding is taking place? Oh, yeah. But oh, come on, tell me. This is like a Christmas Day style wedding. Oh, it's not even just Christmas Day, my friend. It's five o'clock Eastern Christmas Day. Here it we go. Exact Prime time slot. It tip, it's tip <laughs> off. It's, it's Nets. It's Nets tip off time. Oh, so oh, lordy lord. This me is nice. being. The selfish person that I am, sure, unbelievably selfish. One, I, like, there's one no, of my favorite no qualities about. about you. So right, exactly. This is why we're here, right? <laughs> like you need a little selfishness in your life to kind of just get you know, get some places. But so I, I looked at my wife and I'm like, well, what do we do here? Because I mean, do we just like turn the camera off? I mean, we got to be part of it, right? Like it's like it's a once in a lifetime thing. But it's all it's a Zoom wedding. I assume there'll be some other get together down the line when we're clear of this thing and, sure. and everyone can get together. What are my obligations here? I, I need to know. Um, this is a pretty 
I know what my family thinks <laughs> is supposed to happen here, but right. um, including my dad and sister and everybody else. But oh, I wow, need so to know the, the tide is strongly pulling against you right now. Well, I'll tell you right now, if we're just celebrating at home by myself, for for all, for all everyone's concerned, I'm 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 fully bought into the wedding. <laughs> like that's what, that, <laughs> like I'm singing the songs, I'm crying at the vows, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything that one that one assumes that I'm doing offline, uh, or excuse me, online, but maybe, you know, off, maybe a little off camera, if you will. Sure. Uh, so sure, you're not sure. getting, or like, or maybe my eyes, maybe my eyes are popped up over the top of the screen toward the big screen in the back. Right. But now <laughs> it's kind of like this mini gathering where there's no high, there's gonna be no hiding this. Like it's what's, what's the obligation here? I, I don't know. And I, I, I need it from an optic standpoint and I need it from like a logistic standpoint because this is the Nets first time playing Christmas day since Jesus was born. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and as important in a lot of ways. Uh, listen, buddy, I'm going to cut it to you straight. So there's a, there's a couple of different things here. First of all, I am I am not, uh, as you kind of know through, uh, you know, uh, your sister-in-law, Courtney, who I'm dating, my live-in lover, as I like to refer to her, first time on the Locked On podcast, so shout out to her. Um, I, am, I am someone that needs information uh, on the front end, right? I need to know what's coming down the pike, what the schedule is, and what the timing of it is. This does not count as enough notice for me to necessarily even be concerned about what my reaction might be. Okay. Uh, so I, I could easily, I could very easily go, yeah, gr- great. I'll, I'll send along a card with a, you know, a little of the check in the mail and we'll catch up with you down the road. Good for you. Then you get the layers of the family coming in, obviously beating you down, telling you what a horrible human being you are. And some of that may be true, but for very different reasons. So now you go optics, you know, you can, you can take a dip down memory lane into home alone strategy. You get a couple pieces of string, and maybe whatever kind of cardboard cutout you have, someone who doesn't really have a lot of hair, a Magic Johnson pops into mind, and just kind of pull those strings, right? You could leave that up in front of a camera while you're off to the side enjoying the game. Um, you know, and the only other way that I can really think about it is just faking a technology error, error you know? But I'm hey? with everybody else. Like, the thing is, there's too many people. There's not yeah, going to be any errors. There, like, there's too yeah. many there's too many people in advices, uh, uh, devices. Like, you see the... I think I, I've come to... I, actually, I figured it out. So... Tyler is probably the one... Like, I'm a hard pass, fam- I guess is my thing. Well, it's, it's funny because it's generally... I know we're, we're off the rails here on the net stuff, but yeah. the, it's it's generally known in my family that I do not participate in family Zoom calls. Like, that's just not something I'm going to be doing. I picked, um, I picked up on that, actually. Yeah, like, one time you texted me, there was a big family one going on. You're like, how'd you get out of this? I was like, it's understood that I don't, just don't do this. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> which, by, like, which, I, by, by the way, in, in that experience, I can't remember what it was, you text me that. I was like, huh. And I just kind of, within about 30 seconds, just kind of stood up and was like... All right. Thanks so much, guys. It's been great. Yeah, <laughs> just like, like I just, it's just not yeah. happening. I'm right. sorry. Like, I spend my life online. I'm, I don't need to stand. I, it's not going to do like a big family, family Zoom call. I just think hey, it's just not my, it's not my bag. I will say that Tyler is probably my only, only family member that actually cares at all that I have a basketball pocket. He's probably the only one that roots for basketball. So I'm going to lean on that one right there. I think that no one else in my family would ever care or my in-laws family. I don't think they would, I don't think it would ever be an acceptable excuse. Tyler, Wizards fan, basketball guy. I think he's going to know. I think he's going to understand it, and he's going to be okay with it. So, Tyler, if you're listening to this, buddy, you're the best. Love you. Probably going to be – we'll check in. We'll be logged in to Zoom, um, listening, to, listening to the vows, but watching KD and Kyrie beat I, down the Celtics. I think that's, I think that's, where, I think that's where I'm going to land. Yeah, I, I, mean, I just want to throw out a little caveat here for you, buddy. There was a world where your solution to this problem was not really to outwardly address it and just kind of passively be the guy in the background. What are the chances over this Zoom call that Tyler – and I'm sorry, his lovely fiance's name is? Jeanette. Jeanette, lovely woman, as I, I know her personally, I feel like already. But as they're doing their thing, 
they're not looking for your eyes on them. You could just be that guy that kind of drifts behind Sabrina as she's holding up Emma. Look at the baby. Look at the baby. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of bells and whistles happening here, man. I think you just need to slide on back into the background, pull a little friends, Ross Geller's father, have a radio tucked into your pocket, be adjusting the knobs. I think this is going to be just fine, buddy. I don't I don't have any concerns. Now I will say, keep those cheers muffled. When those KDs, when those KD3s rain, do not inappropriately yell out right as they say, do you take this woman? Kaboom! That could be a red flag. So there's some things to keep an eye on. Famously did that when my first was born when I yelled out, uh, I was watching the Steelers-Ravens game, playoff game, this was like 10, <laughs> 10 years ago now. We're in the room and she's got the nurse getting in there checking all the vitals and there was a dropped interception. I said, oh, like that. And uh, everyone, this, everyone stopped and looked at me. I was like, oh, sorry, I was the... Thought there was going to be an interception there, so that Un- didn't. That was not this m- is unrelated to what's happening in the room. I apologize. That wasn't uh, <laughs> that wasn't greeted with a warm a warm look, um, if you will. So we have some experience here. Anyway, predictions for for Christmas Day. Just looking to kick back and relax and just enjoy the game here. I will say if you if you see that Lockdown Nets isn't getting a ton of Twitter traction on that day, it's because I'm in a Zoom uh, wedding. But um, what are your what are your uh, predictions here for? Oh, excuse me for Christmas. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I I think that the Nets should win this game. For there's a couple the, the factors of just I think again Boston's figuring stuff out. It looks like we're clicking, but it is something to keep an eye on. We are we are brimming here on what we saw from sample number one, and now it's just about as you start to stack those up, game two, game three, game four. That's when you start to feel like okay, this team does have some things to sort out certainly along the way. But if we're setting a pretty high bar and then maintaining it. I start to look over the course of this schedule and just say, yeah, come get us. And that's what this feels like on Christmas Day. And like you said, first time in a long time, going to be one of the best times. So uh, this, this is full on, man. 5 p.m., I'm on the couch just soaking this in, hoping, fingers crossed, that Doug is doing the same. All right, everyone, enjoy the holidays, however you uh, end up celebrating it with Christmas uh, or whatever else it is. I'm, only, I'm throwing that one out there because that's the one that we're on the cusp of. As a Nets fan, it's a holiday in and of itself. Uh, so everyone enjoy the game. It's going to be a good one. We'll be, like I said, we'll be on Twitter that day talking some hoops. So if you want to jump on, you can follow us over at, at Locked On Nets, or you can just follow us at Adam or I at both of our names, uh, Doug Norrie and Adam Armbrecht on Twitter. And the way you give us a gift for Christmas is you go over to wherever you're listening to podcasts, you rate and review it. You give it five stars, nothing else. You like, you know, just like those stars in the sky, buddy. Five stars uh, or bust. We do not want to see anything else than that, but you can give us those five stars and write a review. It helps us climb the charts. The number's been really good over the last few weeks, uh, and we're really encouraged by it. So that's how, you, that's how you help us go rate and review the podcast. You better believe it. And, hey, get on in here. Let the big bear get his paws on you. That's what we maybe can't do with everyone this holiday season, but that's a big old virtual hug from me to you, John Beckwith. Oh, one of the great, great, great poets. Have a happy holiday, everyone. We'll talk to you again next week.